Warning, The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. You were my friend from the beginning, and you were there long before people thought I'd win, and right from the escalator ride down, if you remember those conversations, and uh, you really uh, you really understand what's going on. You have a lot of street smarts, common sense, and just smart that's a good opening i'm i'm here today by the way i'm not filling in for myself it's actually a live show as you know i've been um working uh intermittently uh because of a recovery thing but i had to come in today because i have to talk about president trump's appearance on this show yesterday it was a milestone in the life of this program and hopefully in your thinking and I want to ask you something. What was your takeaway from the president's appearance on this show yesterday? What news do you think he made? Because he made news, by the way. People in the business know it was a significant interview. Cheryl Chumley of the Washington Times wrote a great article. She heard it. Most of the idiots on Twitter don't have ears or eyes or brains. They go in with a preconceived notion of what they should say. And they tweet stupidity. They don't even listen or read. But um, she listens, she heard, we made news on this show. And I'm going to ask you the most important question. Do you, do, you, do you still support the president? Are you going to vote for him? Or do you want communism? I'm going to make it real simple for you. If you think Biden is going to be the candidate, you're wrong. Biden is a hologram. There is no Biden. I can take the acronym B-I-D-E-N and make it into what it actually is. And the first letter, B, stands for Bolshevik. I don't have the others yet worked out, but you are talking about the complete erasure of America as you know it. Do you know that right now the, me- the media is so anti-white that they're continuing to use a capital B for black and a small W for white? They want you erased from your own country. That's what they want. I mean, we keep hearing about Black Lives Matter, and I'm all for better police control and not killing innocent people, be they black or white. You know where I stand on that. More police, better funding and better training. I said it to the president. But you know, there's a video going around of a 92-year-old woman walking on the streets of Manhattan the other day. And an African-American young man, a youth, if you want to call him that, walks by her and just randomly punches this 92-year-old woman in the head. She falls down and smacks her head on a a hydrant. CNN hasn't reported the story because she wasn't a left-wing activist coming at the police. The problem is the media. The media is the problem in this country. And I hope that when Donald Trump wins the second term, maybe I'll leave radio and ask him to make me the head of the HUAC committee that I set up. Or maybe I'll run the FCC and maybe I'll dig into who really is behind the funding of CNN and MSNBC. Maybe we'll really make some heads roll in this country. But I'm getting ahead of myself. If you were doubting or wavering about Donald Trump, did that interview at all satisfy you in any way? What is the biggest problem the country faces right now? Please don't call me about vaccines. That's all. I don't want to hear from the anti-vaxxers today. I know there's a lot of you. You know what I think about vaccines. 
uh, with regard to the, the, the COVID vaccine. I won't take one. I will not take one. I will resist. I will not take a COVID vaccine. But don't call me on it. I didn't bring that up because I didn't think it was appropriate because we don't have a COVID vaccine. It wasn't an issue. I stuck to the bigger issues. I stuck to the most important issues. In fact, you know, I have in my hands the, the interview questions I had typed out for the president on jobs and the economy, the uphill battle he's had against his own party, the um, defunding of the police movement, voter fraud, the budget deficit. That was an awful lot to cover in a short interview, by the way. And to me, they were the major issues that this country is, uh, is, is facing. And of course, the president answered them straight up. Phone number here is 855-407-282. If you missed the interview with uh, President Trump, we're going to replay it for you in this hour, broken into two pieces. And then we'll come back and take your questions and calls. But right now, uh, I got to take a quick call from Donna in Maryland. I haven't heard from her in a while. Donna, go ahead. You're on the Savage Nation. Please make it short. Sure, Dr. Savage. Well, I thought you hit it out of the park. That was terrific. And it reminded me that uh, President Trump is well aware that you've been an ally of his from the very beginning, the escalator moment onward. You know, it's interesting he said that because he, he knows that there are other phonies in the media who pose as conservatives, but they're nothing but backstabbing slime bags. And he knows that. I know what he thinks of them because they stabbed them in the back all during the campaign. And we've seen two. They're, neo, they're neocons. They want war. They back all the wrong candidates. They were the ones behind Mustachios publishing a horrible book uh, in, a, in a few days. They back the Mustachio. They back the war in Iraq. He knows who they are. He doesn't trust them. They may think that he trusts them, but he despises them. You know, one thing I learned about Donald Trump in all the years that I've been following him, I'll tell you what I learned. Like all strong men, and all powerful men, he never forgets his friends. But the other side of that is also true. He never forgets his enemies. You agree with that one? Absolutely. And it was so refreshing to hear that interview. It was something we need. Independence needed to hear that more than anyone, I think, because there's so much confusion out there. And I'm in a left-leaning state, and I'm telling you, people are leaning right now. They are fed up with what's going on. You know, I, I said to the president, I don't know if I said it on the show, but I'll tell you, I spoke to the White House after with someone else. And I said, how are we doing? And he told me how they think they're doing. And I said, there's an adage going back to Roman times, which is when people are scared, they vote right. That's what going on, what's going on in America today. Do you know what happened in, in uh, Oregon? A mayor of Olympia, Washington, another left wing lunatic, Carol or Cheryl Selby. Big supporter of Black Lives Matter, backer of the protests, real loudmouth. And then when BLM came to her house and spray painted the sidewalk, she called them domestic terrorists when her home was vandalized. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, well, you see, uh, Anderson Cooper won't report that because he's so myopic as to what he's doing to his own survival that he's worthless. Oh, yeah. Group dressed in black made its way to Selby South Capitol neighborhood, chanting abolish the police outside her home. And then they spray painted BLM on her door and porch. And she is a dyed in the wool left wing mayor of Olympia, Washington, called them wonderful people until they marched to her house 
and called them domestic terrorists. She's liable to vote for Trump if this keeps up. Thank you very much, Donna. I'm glad that you're such a loyal listener. The phone number is 855-407-282. Let's jump to Los Angeles. Michael, haven't heard from you in a while. Welcome to the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Michael, this is one of the biggest honors of my life. I've listened to you for years, and I almost consider you like a quasi-father. Um, well, I, you know, quasi-father is kind of a put-down, but okay, I, you know, I'm a very Donald Trumpish. Well, well, I'm jo- come on, I'm just joking. He likes to joke with me yesterday when he said your friend uh, uh, Obama yesterday during the interview. He did. It's just a matter of speech. It's a matter of speech we had in New York. Michael, you're listening to me on the stream in L.A. You know I'm on KABC now, right? Uh, I actually did not know that. So yeah, I know they buried me on the station. It's sad. I'm on at night from 7 to, uh, to 9. Back down here to take care of my mom with Alzheimer's. But yeah, like I'm streaming you on KSFO. Right. Well, most people stream the show who can't get it in their local market owing to politics. So what was your statement? I definitely you trust the KBC, but yes, like I know you're busy, but I have one quick follow-up on your point. I completely agree with you that President Trump should not bail out California. Um, if it is at all possible, maybe... Were you surprised by his answer when I said most of my listeners don't want you to bail out California, New York, and the other left-leaning states? Were you surprised by his answer? A little bit. A little bit. Um, like, I thought he would be more more right on the money with you on that one but it seemed like he is open. well he, he 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 was in the middle on it. he said i'm going to bail out the states for what they lost owing to covid but i'm not going to bail them out for their budget insanity or something along those lines okay okay in other words he was he what he's what he's most concerned about is saving jobs in this country and jobs, jobs, jobs are what we all need, no matter whether we're Democrat or Republican. The only people who don't need jobs are those who are rioting <clears throat> and looting. They never worked anyway. Most of them are college morons who live with their parents, have scholarships. They're not in school, so they have nothing to do. Their job now is to riot and loot. That's all. That's their full-time job. Thank you for the call, and thanks for the kind uh, words. Mail-in ballots. Trump said to Michael Savage, this will be a rigged election if the Dems have their way. That was a very big, big uh, thing in this exclusive interview with talk radio great Michael Savage. He said that if Democrats have their way, the election this November will be rigged and that it's up to courts and citizens to stave off leftist pressures for massive mail-in voting. That's in The Washington Times. It's a very important article, which you can find in The Washington Times. We then brought up Governor Newsom, who is a real threat to our democracy. And uh, Donald Trump had something to say for the Honorable Gavin Newsom on the interview. And of course, given that we have no newspaper in San Francisco, the story was not even covered. You see, it's not important enough that a local talk show host who became national, the only one to break out and become a national radio media star, interviews the president of the United States. That's not important enough to the Chronicle. What's important is telling you which restaurants are opening and which restaurants are closing. That's what happens when you have a one-party system and, uh, and no media. There's nothing in the local paper anymore. 855-400-7282 is another local story for those of you who listen in San Francisco. Woman arrested for shoving man onto bar tracks. Woman arrested for allegedly shoving man onto bar tracks. No picture of the woman. No picture, no description. Intentionally pushing an adult male victim from the platform onto the track as a train was entering the station. Caught on surveillance video, which has not been released, and no description of the perpetrator or the victim. Oh, my goodness. I can only guess. 
I could only guess. Let's see. It was a rabbi who pushed the child in front of it. No, I don't think it was. a. Let's see. It was a nun in a full habit who pushed the child in front of an oncoming train. No. Uh, let's go down the list. Oh, well, I think we can figure out why they're not showing it. Oh, wait a minute. The head story is LGBT community applaud Supreme Court ruling. Now you can sue. Oh, I have one minute before we have to take a quick break. By the way, if you listen to the interview yesterday, it was very intriguing. Did you notice how sh- at the end I was embarrassed I had to cut it short because we ran long? Did you catch that? I know you did. And what's interesting to me is that I'm such a skilled broadcaster that I made it seamless. But believe me, that pressure was on me. Jim was waving, waving and gesticulating and saying, you got a break like he's doing right now. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Look, it's no surprise that what's going on in the world might be contributing to more stress and sleep deprivation. Let Ebb help. Ebb's sleep is a wearable solution that fits over the forehead and gently and precisely cools the forehead to reduce those racing thoughts to allow people who are suffering from sleeplessness drift more comfortably into a deeper, more restorative sleep. Ebb is clinically validated, and four out of five users report falling asleep faster and improving overall sleep quality. Ebb's sleep understands the uncertainty you may be experiencing at this time and wants to help. Now, does it really work? Robert, one of my producers, has been using Ebb's sleep for a few weeks. He's noticed a dramatic change in his sleep. He's falling asleep faster and waking up feeling more rested than he has in years. He's even acting nicer to me. It's got to be that EBB sleep understands the uncertainty you may be experiencing at this time and wants to help. Our listeners can save $25 off what you order by using... My listeners can save $25 off their order by using promo code SAVAGE to save and then continue to try Ebb risk-free, risk-free, risk-free for 60 nights to confirm it's the solution you've been looking for at tryeb.com slash savage. I got to spell it for you because I want you to try it. T-R-Y-E-B-B dot com slash savage. Tryeb.com slash savage. Why don't you let us help you get the sleep you need and remove the risk from your purchase? You win all around. That's T-R-Y-E-B-B dot com slash savage. Tryeb.com slash savage. Promo code SAVAGE to save. Would you please order today and get that night's sleep you've been looking for? With everything going on, get the sleep you need and you deserve. Tryeb.com slash savage. Trust Robert. He went to tryebb.com slash savage. And I can tell you, it's really helping him. It will help you. Just go to tryebb.com slash savage. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Those who knock over statues will eventually knock you over. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. Uh, I'm going to do something special for you right now. If you missed the interview or only caught part of it with President Trump, it's important enough 
for us to replay the interview, which you're going to do right now on the Savage Nation. Please listen and tell me what you think. Ladies and gentlemen of the Savage Nation, your great president, Donald Trump on the Savage Nation. President Trump, what a great honor. Happy birthday. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. It's good to be with you again. You know, President Trump, many fiscal conservatives have criticized your economic policy of bailing out mega corporations because of the steep job losses due to the coronavirus shutdowns. They don't understand business. But this strategy now seems to be working. Jobs are way up, even among minorities. Can you tell the Savage Nation about the latest jobs report, which is so important? Well, I actually appreciate that question because we had the all-time in history number one uh, increase in jobs number. Millions and millions of jobs coming back. We're opening up the country. It's doing well. We had to close it, Michael, because we would have lost, you know, millions more. We would have lost possibly two and a half, three million people. And if we didn't, if we didn't do what we did, so we did the right thing. Yeah, well, so my my own my own son, who's a business genius, and you know him. I complained about bailing out the big companies. He said, don't you understand by saving them, he's saving jobs? Saving jobs, and uh, you, plus you don't want to lose the big companies. I mean, they're making great product. They're selling the product all over. But, you know, like the airlines, we had to bail out the airlines. A rough business, but a very important business for our country. But the job numbers came back, and you saw them uh, announced a week ago. The highest number ever announced, and nobody got it. Wall Street, they had 119 analysts. Not one analyst predicted it right, which makes me feel good. So the job... Well, it's, a, yeah, it's the same like the, poll, the pollsters who were saying, oh, uh, Trump's down, Biden's up. They gave him an eye job. Suddenly they wheeled him out of the basement. They're making him look like he is, and he's a, he's a hologram. But did you know Politico came out this morning, President Trump, and said that they're seeing your reelection through a landslide? Well, I, I feel that it's very interesting. I saw that, and I'm honored by that. And I guess Michael Moore said the same thing, or Michael Moore made a statement that uh, he won, he's going to win again, you know. Well, if I don't win, the country's going to be in big trouble because I, I see what's going on with the party, whether it's Seattle or the marches mm-hmm. or the rioting and the looting, mm-hmm. one of the things. This country would be in such trouble. I will oh. say this. I've never seen spirit. Not even last time, not even in 2016, because then they didn't really know. They didn't know exactly, you know, I didn't do it yet politically. And now I've done it with the tax cuts, the regulation cuts, the rebuilding of the military, Space Force, all of the things that we've done. And they said, I've never seen such spirit. We went up to Maine last week, Maine, and I won half of Maine. It's actually two votes, uh, but I won half of Maine and last time. I have never seen the crowds were from the plane to the plant that we opened up. We opened up a, a beautiful plant for swabs. And I went and you had to see the crowds. They were, it was like the landing of a great hero in, on Broadway in the old days. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Okay, you know I'm a car guy. You know I've had a Hellcat. And with the ever-increasing numbers of cars like Dodge, BMW, and Volkswagen, and models like the Hellcat, X3, and Jetta, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. We all know that. I'm a car guy, and I'm telling you why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning 
and wait while a counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com right in your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts in a chain store or new car dealership when you could do it at home on your own computer? Now, you may not know this, but chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and reliably low they are. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Does not require this. You could just do it yourself. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Just go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet sets. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. But best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write SAVAGE in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's S-A-V-A-G-E. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Don't stand online in an auto parts store and wait for the hostile clerk to get back to you. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock auto. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. It is the Savage Nation. Roberts and Gorsuch should wear red, not black robes, I tweeted 53 minutes ago. Trump says Cuomo may be threatening New York with shutdowns for political reasons in the interview you're about to hear. President Trump, you've appointed two Supreme Court justices, 51 U.S. Court of Appeals judges, 143 U.S. District uh, judges, 196 total confirmed, 46 yet to be confirmed. People don't realize that your legacy will live for the next 20 to 30 years in the courts, which really matter. And all you're trying to do is right the ship because a bird needs two wings to fly. It's been flapping too far to the left for too long. And you're trying to make that bird fly straight, which I really love. But I want to I know the time is so limited. Everyone's screaming about the riots in Seattle. They're frightened. And uh, what do you think? I, I hate this defund the police movement. I say give them more money and better training. We need more police, not fewer police. What do you think? Well, I think you said it better than anybody could say it. No, we're not going to defund the police. We're going to give more money. We're going to make sure we have good police, you know, policemen and women in there, because uh, obviously some of the things that we saw over the last few weeks are not acceptable to you, to me, to anybody. But, you know, the vast, vast majority of these people are extraordinary people, and they can do a thousand good acts and one bad one, and the one that 
is played, you know, because that's the way it is, and that's the way life is, actually. I'm not blaming anybody, but the one that's played is the bad act, and then everybody sort of brushes the entire force as, as having, as being that way, and it's not that way. The police, the law enforcement have done an incredible job. You know, we had a record number this year in terms of crime being down, a record. We had a phenomenal year in terms of crime. And uh, frankly, if we did the job, if the police were allowed to do their job in a place like uh, like Chicago, you take a look at what's going on in Chicago. If they were allowed to do the job, they'd solve that problem very quickly and very easily. But they're prohibited from doing their job. No, but we want uh, I think you said it so beautifully. We want a lot of money for our police. They've got to do their job. They have to be great trained. If there's a bad one in there, you got to get him or her out fast. But they have to be able to do their job, and they can't be looking over their shoulder, Michael, and that's what you mean. Terrible, right, because the bad guys will always shoot first. Right. President Trump, right. President Trump, this is a really big one, this voter fraud thing. The Dems, like Governor Newsom, are pushing for all mail-in ballots. He was stopped temporarily by a federal judge, actually by a judge in Northern California. We're terrified of the illegal aliens voting, the Democrats voting four or five times. Is there anything that your administration is doing to prevent voter fraud? Well, we're suing and we're filing another big lawsuit, I think, on Friday. And I think we have a good case. Uh, Newsom announced that he's sending out millions and millions of of uh, mail in what's called mail in ballots. And, you know, where you, you say, who are they sending these these to? And maybe who aren't? Let's say you take a Republican district and maybe those ballots don't get sent there. OK, this is the craziest thing. This is this will be a rigged election if they're allowed to do it. We're mm-hmm. like crazy. If you take a look, you know, we've won the last four elections. We won in uh, Wisconsin. We won in North mm-hmm. Carolina. We won two. You know that mm-hmm. big one. We won a very big one in California. First time in 22 years. But we're fighting mail-in ballots. And in those cases, they had a lot of mail-in ballots, which is incredible. But the 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 chance of theft where they steal them they hold up mailmen they take them out of mailboxes they print them fraudulently and i'll just tell you this one story because it happened over the weekend the person i know very well a friend of mine his son passed away seven years ago beautiful great son and he's a great gentleman and he said sir you're right about mail-in ballots we just received a ballot in the name of my son and he died seven years ago oh boy and this is going to happen and that, let's say, was a legitimate mistake. But these mistakes are made by the millions. Mm-hmm. You go to a voting booth and vote, unless you're an absentee, in which case they have to go through a whole process right. in order to vote. They have to go right. through a very strict process. Right. To, the equivalent of going to a voting machine, or maybe even sometimes better. Yes. We have to stop that, and we have to stop illegal voting. Yes. And, uh, I think that's the one, the biggest risk I have. And the biggest risk, frankly, that the Republican Party has is mail-in ballots. It's a very big risk. Well, I'm glad that you're suing on behalf of the sanctity of the, of the ballot box. You, President Trump, debt, the budget, left-wing riots are freaking Americans out right now. We're all afraid of the huge budget deficit. And, and many people are saying to me, Michael, please ask President Trump to not bail out California, not bail out New York. Let them pay for their own failed policies and high taxation. Do you intend 
to bail out all states, some states or no states after the COVID disaster? No. What we want to do is do something with respect to COVID because they did really, a lot of the states did, but we're not doing what they call as bailout. A bailout is where a state like Illinois has been run badly for years and still is badly run. And we're supposed to bail them out for all of those years of abuse and all of those years of bad management. No, we're not being, we're not doing that at all. We're doing, uh, we'll do something for COVID. And, you know, look, they've lost a substantial amount. We'll do something for COVID. Now, at some point, we're going to get this back to a level. You see, with the jobs numbers and all of the things, there are a lot of positive things happening. And by the way, very positive also on vaccines and therapeutics and cures. We're doing tremendous. I think you're going to see numbers a lot earlier. I think you'll see a, a, uh, a conclusion to that. A lot sooner than people think. A lot sooner. And I meet with people. I meet with the scientists. I meet with the people that are doing this stuff. They're really doing well. They're really, you know, we're doing testing, actually. We've started testing. And nobody thought that would happen for a long time. So I think that's, but even without that, you know, at some point this stuff goes away. And it's going away. Our numbers are much lower now. It's going, we'll have hot spots and we put out the hot spot. We'll never close the country. What we did was so right, and then right now we're doing properly. But you're going to have also therapeutics and vaccines coming out, and I think they're going to come out much, much sooner rather than later, Michael. Well, look, Donald, you know that I have a training in, in epidemiology. I've studied diseases for years, and they so, they so misread the data on this from the beginning, misled the people. This guy Ferguson from England, all his data was wrong. Yep. Based on that, they closed the whole world down. And they don't even admit their mistakes. Now Cuomo's screaming he's going to shut down Manhattan and the Hamptons again because they're not listening to him. Are you listening to the craziness? But I want to ask you one last question. He's wanting to do that for politics. for politics. Up, up, The power, power madness. Yeah, well, and he'd like to see that for November because if you can do that till November, the economy won't advance as much as I say it should advance because we're really advancing rapidly with jobs and everything else much further along than people would. You know, I built... I built the greatest economy during my administration in the history of the world. We never yes. had better numbers. It's yes. job numbers for African-American, Asian-American, Hispanic-American. And now, all of a sudden, we had to turn it off. We did the right thing. We saved millions of lives. And now we turn it back on. Somebody like Cuomo may be doing that for political reasons, because the comeback would not be as great. But it's going to be a great comeback regardless. President Trump, everything that you do seems to be an uphill battle with the left, and sometimes even your own party is against you. You know, in a general in a general way, did you expect this much resistance when you were first planning on becoming president? No. First of all, I thought success. I knew I was going to be successful, and no president's ever done what I've done in the first three and a half years. No, pre- whether you look at all of the taxes, all of the rebuilding of the military. Look at what we've done with choice for the vets. We got choice approved and accountability approved, but we got choice approved where the vets can go see a doctor. Now we pay for the doctor as opposed to waiting in line for two months. I mean, the vet stories, you don't hear about the vets. You know, I just heard the approval rating for the VA is up 40% from what it was in the old days of your friend Obama. (laughs) <laughs> my friend. Yeah, my good friend, Obama. I really love that presidency. No, I have to do that to you. But but you know what? Up 40 percent. The the VA is running well. It's all running well. Then we got hit by the uh, the Chinese sent us a little gift and uh, we're not going to forget it. That should never have happened. They should have contained it. They could have contained it. 
They did contain it for the rest of China, but they didn't contain it for the rest of the world, including Europe and the United States. So not a good thing. But we are uh, we've got it back on track and it's going fast. It's going faster than people would have thought. You know, you, you mentioned China. They colluded with WHO to cover up the pandemic at a time when we had a chance to stop it if they had only disclosed it. Now, China also controls much of our pharmaceutical supply. Yeah. Our farmland is being uh, uh, bought up by, by Chinese. Our universities are rampant with uh, spies from China. What do you think needs to be done about China and what actions is your, your administration thinking of taking or taking? Well, I've already done a lot of it. You know that we've taken in billions and billions of dollars in taxes. We never took in 10 cents. I've given billions to the farmers who were hurt because they were targeted by China. And I've given the difference. They were uh, it was 16 billion and it was 12 billion. And I've given that money over in the form of taxes that we took in from China and the rest went into our treasury, which was many times that amount. So the farmers were were very happy with what's happening. And we're doing things that have been very strong. In addition, I made a trade deal with China, which, frankly, so far they're living up to, which is uh, some people are surprised by that. But they're living up. They're buying a lot of lot of stuff. But the day we got hit with this covid or whatever you want to call it, a lot of different names. People call it by many different names, some of them very insulting to China. But the day we got hit with this disease, my whole feeling felt I, the ink wasn't even dry on this trade deal. It was a great deal. $250 billion they're supposed to put into our country a year. The day that that came in, I was very happy. And then when I heard that the flu, the virus was coming in, something coming in, sir, the plague is coming in from China. I felt very much different about the deal that we had made, which was a great deal, because we've never had a deal with China. But China was ripping off this country $530 billion a year. Think mm-hmm. of it, $530 billion a year, ripping us off. For years, I got elected because of, you know, that was one of the, and not only China, everybody else also. And we've renegotiated a lot of those deals, Michael. We've made them from bad deals to great deals. South Korea is an example where we had a horrible deal that was supposed to create jobs and we lost jobs with it. We've renegotiated those deals. We've right. done a lot of that. But we made this great deal with China, but I feel differently about it now since we got hit with their, uh, with their present. President Trump, before you go, I just want to say this for myself and all my listeners. We know that America's survival hangs in the balance. We make no bones about the fact that it's either you or total chaos in this country. Biden is a front man for the most extremist left-wing fanatics I've ever seen in my lifetime. I don't mind a decent liberal. I grew up with them. I understand them. These people, President Trump, are not liberals. You know that better than I do. Yep. These people are fanatics. Yep. They, would, they would destroy everything, not only that you created, but that all of our ancestors created in this country. And that is why I said before you came on the show, I back you 100% and I will right through the election. And I want to thank you very much for putting up with the right. with the crap you've had to put up with. Every man I've talked to said, why doesn't he just give the keys back and walk away? They couldn't take what you've taken. Well, it's an honor that you say that. And you were my friend from the beginning and you were there long before people thought I'd win. And right from the escalator ride down, if you remember those conversations and uh, you really uh, you really understand what's going on. You have a lot of street smarts, common sense and just smart. But I will say this. Uh, it's a disgrace what's going on. And when you see Seattle being taken, yeah. we're not talking about, you know, a, a local town. We're talking about a great city. 
I, I guess I've got to say, I pray to God that you come back again on the Savage Nation. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Well, we're out of time again. Would you believe it? I mean, I'm under such pressure here. A 30-year-old in perfect health would have died from the pressure I'm under. But okay, that's the way it is. That's the life I chose. I'm not complaining. It's a six-month mark since that thing happened. And I'm back here. We had the interview with the president yesterday. I shaved my beard off. If you want to see what I look like and comment, go ahead. Take some pot shots. See if I care. The picture's on michaelsavage.com. All your lowlifes. Go ahead. Comment. See if I care one way or the other. You know why there's so many people with COVID beards? I, I decided that after 40 years to shave my beard off, I don't want to look like one of the people with a COVID beard. What, what's about this a disease in an old age home you can't shave? What are you trying to look like one of the re- retired talk show hosts? The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. With me, welcome back to The Savage Nation. Welcome back to The Savage Nation. Now, where do you go from here? Where do we go from here? It's only a few months till the election. Would you believe it? I laid in bed last night. I said, the president was on your show. It's already, who knew that? I didn't follow the days. It's like the 16th of June, right? He was here in the middle of June. You count the months. It's four months till the election. Would you believe it, Jim? Four months to determine whether America will survive or not survive. It's as simple as that. You want more Seattles? You want more takeovers? You want more 92-year-old women being punched in the head by youths in the streets with scummy mayors like de Blasio not hunting down that vermin? No, no, I don't want it. Did you hear what this mayor did in New York? You got to hear this. This is astounding. So de Blasio goes soft on those who rioted and broke the city, looted, broke windows, looted, beat people up, beat up police. And a few Jewish people break into a playground. They cut a lock into a playground so their children can play. Listen to what this this cowardly fascist de Blasio says in clip one. Yeah, we're not going to allow people to yeah, take yeah, the yeah, law yeah. into their own hands. It just doesn't work. Stop. Wait, so, did, you hear what that, did you hear what that lying rat just said? This is after the city was burned and looted for a week straight. A few Jewish people are tired of being cooped up with their kids, so they cut the lock into a city playground to let their poor children play. Listen to what this lousy communist says about Jews. Yeah, we're not going to allow people to take the law into their own hands. It just doesn't work. So people are not allowed to open up a playground that's not yet available to the public. It's for a reason. Look, I was very sympathetic in the beginning to every... There is a reason. The reason is you're a dictator, a phony, and a coward. That's the real reason. 
You didn't sound so tough when the youths were rioting in the streets, did you? Looting and burning and robbing. How about uh, allowing people taking the law into their own hands then, uh, uh, Mr. de Blasio? It's terrible. I grew up in New York. I can't imagine what it'd be like to live there now. I would, I would leave. I would bail out. I'd get out of that city as fast as I could. Who could take living under communist rule like this? Letting the mobs run wild. And such outright racism, by the way. You know, racism is in the air. Everyone's throwing the word around racist, racist, like smelling your underarms before you go out on a date. Like, do I have, you know, underarm odor? Am I a racist? Are you a racist? Somehow they think anything they don't like is now declared to be racist. That, that's the newest words. In the 50s, it was, are you now or have you, have you ever been a communist or been a member of the Communist Party? That was a witch hunt. This is a worse witch hunt. This is a worse witch hunt now under de Blasio, under Como, under Newsom. They're conducting witch hunts across America. It's a terrible time to be in this country, and we're all very nervous when we see lawlessness like this. Mobs looting and burning. Mobs knocking over statues, and these cowardly communists like de Blasio and Cuomo say nothing but a few religious Jews, poor people, innocent people, cooped up so they they go into a city playground and suddenly he gets tough what a sick upside down world you know you read the history of the world i don't think i've ever seen anything like this in exactly this way i've never quite seen anything quite like this and i'm trying to determine how we got here that's too big a question for right now on a radio talk show it's much too big a question of how we got here the question is how we get out of here and uh, as imperfect as mr trump is as disappointed as many of you are in him not closing the borders or in things of that nature. Think of the alternative. That's all I can say to you. We have no opportunity on the other side. There's no chance to save this country with the hologram called Biden. Biden does not exist. Biden is a hologram living in a basement. The woman that he picks, minority or otherwise, will be the real president within six months. When they march him off to an old age home, hopefully uh, not one under the jurisdiction of Governor Cuomo, uh, where he's liable to get, get COVID-19, uh, given the, you know, Cuomo's, uh, anyway, you get the picture. I don't even want to talk about this. I, I'm so fed up with it all, to be honest with you. You know what I want to do right now is take some calls. I want to just coast down the hill with you. I had a very good day yesterday. The phone number here is 855-407-282. I live in the most beautiful place on earth, place on earth that's been destroyed by Nazi Fa, and the uh, governor was put in power by Nazi Fa and the illegal aliens. This city used to be the most beautiful, tolerant city on the planet when I moved here in 1974. It is now ruled like a, like a camp under Nazi Fa. There's no newspaper. There used to be two newspapers in San Francisco, The Chronicle, The Examiner. You know, they're more or less good B, B-plus newspapers. They were fun to read. There's no newspaper now. It's a mimeograph sheet put out by the Gettys uh, through their factotums like Nancy Pelosi's uh, uh, workers. I don't know who puts this thing out. I have never seen anything like this. How could a major city, even a provincial city like this, which is what it is, it's one of the reasons I love San Francisco and have all these years, because it's a wonderful provincial city. It's not a real city. People who know real cities know this is not a real city. It's a, it's a kind of provincial small town that got bigger and, and it's charming for that reason i always like small towns like the women with their dresses at the opera or the art openings they're so out of town it's frightening even the clothing is out of town that they wear to the to the social events 
the same tired people at the same parties over and over again, congratulating each other as they go to their events. Small town, very nice. Voltaire would have loved living here. But as I say, I love the geography. They didn't create it. Did Pelosi create this geography? Did Newsom create this geography? Have they even been on a boat? Has Governor Newsom ever been on a boat on San Francisco Bay? Does he even know what the bay is like? He ought to go out on a boat. Maybe he'd have a different experience about the city of San Francisco that he was born into, into this dynasty of the Newsom family. And it's a fine family, by the way. It's a fabulous family. It goes way back to Judge Newsom, probably here during the gold rush. In 49, the miners came. I, I won't finish that. It's a wonderful adage from uh, Mark Twain, but it's kind of insulting. I didn't write it. He wrote it. It starts with, in 49, the miners came. In 51, the, it starts with a W. I can't finish the word. And from them came the golden sons of the Golden West. I don't quite remember it exactly. But here we are in this provincial, beautiful city that was ruined and destroyed by ultra-tolerance and turned into a prison camp for those of us who believe in American values in, in, in simple terms. Those of us who believe in a dialogue. Those of us who believe in family. Those of us who believe in the church. Those of us who believe in the police. Those of us who believe in the military. Those of us who believe in America. It's a nightmare to live here. But then again... I'm not going anywhere. They're not driving me out. I'm here, and I'm not leaving. And I built a great life for myself here, all through hard work. No secret handshakes, no bags of cash given to me in a motel in Fresno, no railroad trains to nowhere, no uh, solar farms in, in Las Vegas uh, in the Nevada desert that produce nothing. No, no, every dime I made, I made in an honest way. Every nickel I have, I worked for and I saved after being robbed blind by the governments, even though they try to take my birthright away from me through affirmative action. Somehow, I didn't let them win. I prevailed. I found another way to live. Not everyone has the ability to do that. I understand that. How do we go forward in this country is the question with such a rigged system, with no media, with no outlets other than a few talk shows here and there and a few websites. There's almost nothing left to hold on to except God himself. And then you see what happened to the churches. You know, how do you have faith in a church when you see all of those scandals going on? Or, uh, you know, you talk about the other religions. I can't speak for other religions. I can speak for the Jewish religion. You know what a struggle it is to be a Jew in America today? On the one hand, you have the, the Orthodox Jewish people, extremely fanatical, living in another century. Very hard for a modern person to understand how you can adapt to a culture that's so out of step with reality. And then you realize that the only remnant of religion left for the Jewish people, the others don't even, you know, what do they hold on to? What does a reformed Jewish synagogue offer a Jew? It's a church without a cross. You can quote me on that. A reformed temple basically wants to be a church but doesn't have the guts to put up a cross. That's all. So, I mean, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with a church. It's fine. I've enjoyed many a great Christmas Eve services in some of the great cathedrals in America. Always enjoyed them. So here we are in the savage nation. Phone number is 855-497-282. And it's a nice time to be in talk radio, boy, because everything hangs in the balance. Let's take some calls. How's that? 
Jimmy in New York, thanks for listening. You're on the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Fire away. Savage, all I need to want to tell you is that you were speaking to the president yesterday, and my ears were glued. Doesn't anybody, doesn't anybody realize who you are? Doesn't anybody know what you're about? Do you know that I listen to your podcast all weekend, I'm, I'm, even shows that I've heard? Don't they see that you're almost a prophet? Don't I see everything that you've said through the years, I told you, three generations, and 99 and three-quarter percent, you are true. And I say, Jesus, this guy is like a prophet. And then I sit there and I listen to these imbeciles. I got to turn it off because I go berserk. Yeah, we're on the de Blasio, that animal. We're on the, the other moron that acts like a mafia guy. Those days are over. He's, he said he's going to come down and uh, don't let me have to come down there. Who are these? Did you hear what Cuomo said in that gravelly voice like he's a character in a bad Coppola movie? Like a film school version of a Coppola movie. Hey, you're going to come down on Manhattan in, uh, in the Hamptons so you don't listen to me. Uh. Yeah, and, that, and that's... Emb- well, what is he trying to prove? But you're embarrassing the Italian people. Did he have a father problem? Do, do you think he had a father problem? I know he has a father problem. Well, wait a minute now. You know, you're of the same uh, ethnicity. What do you mean you know? I know, but through it, listen, you know my, look, I know where I come from, and when he was going to run for president, he couldn't because he had a hell of a lot of skeletons in his closet on the flip side, you know, not that much for the women at that time, if you know what I'm trying to get my job. Who were you talking about? The father, Cuomo Sr. What do you mean? You- meatball or Meatball Jr.? No, the main Meatball. The main Meatball you're accusing? I'm, I know it for a fact. I heard it from the docs from my <laughs> worked on. Them. Oh, this is too much. This is too much. No, but it's the truth. It's things that people don't know. But, they, you know, when there were people around, neighborhoods stood in check, Dr. Savage. They wouldn't dare step out of line because they knew what they were doing. No, I understand. When I was a kid, you could shop in uh, Little Italy at Christmas, leave the, the uh, Christmas gifts that you bought. It was a well-known story in your car with the doors unlocked. And not one package would be touched on Mulberry Street because the, the old men would stand in the doorways of all the social clubs with their eye on every, everyone on the street. Anyone who was out of place got a good beating if they looked like they were going to do something wrong before they did it. Am I right or wrong? 1,000% correct. One time they, they got up and said, what are you doing over here? Oh, I'm going to visit. No, no, you don't know anybody on this block. Don't let me see you in the neighborhood again. Well, that, that's right. So people went down there. They spent a lot of money. They felt safe. They didn't care what people did behind the closed doors. That was everyone else's. Everyone kind of assumed it. But you know what? As long as they felt safe, they were happy. Right now, nobody feels safe in America anywhere because of people like de Blasio and Como. They're useless. All right, Jimmy, 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 stay safe and keep your powder dry. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Mailing in an absentee ballot is one of the safest ways that we can vote this year. And what's great is that you can do it from the comfort of your own home. Vote while your kids are yelling. Vote while you're homeschooling. Vote while you're having breakfast. Vote without your pants on. Vote in pajamas. You can vote from home. No one will know what you're doing while you're voting from home. It is completely confidential, but your vote will be counted. That's occasional cortex, who at her best is functioning at 40% of a normal human being. Reminds me of a phrase I wrote this morning. We've gone from dim sum to summer dim. 
in one generation. She is the poster girl for that one. I totally oppose absentee ballots, except for the military. I totally oppose them. Let me explain something. When America was sane and safe, you voted on election day or you didn't vote at all. Okay, you're in the military, you're overseas. Fine, absentee ballots make sense because you're serving the country. Otherwise, if you're not well enough to vote, I'm sorry, you, you, vote, you shouldn't vote. That's number one. Number two, mail-in ballots are an excuse, uh, rather a technique of uh, stealing an election. That is why Pelosi is behind it. That is why occasional cortex and the entire liberal, illiberal establishment, rather, is behind it. Because they want illegal aliens to vote and they want to vote as many times as they can. And they want to deny you your vote. Tell me if you agree with me. What, what, what did, where did this come from, all this absentee ballots, now mail-in ballots? Where did this all come from? Well, I'm going to ask the question. You know the answer to it, right? So they're all encouraging absentee ballots when you vote without your pants on. And as I say, she is the poster girl from the, for the country having gone from dim sum to summer dim in one generation. Let's take some calls. The phone number is 855-407-28. If you care to comment on the President Trump interview, any comments on any of the political issues of the day, if you're listening on the stream where the show is dominant, same phone number, 855-407-282. You want to talk about Donald Trump's chances of being reelected? Do you think Biden, the hologram, can win? Do you think Trump is going to win by a landslide? I said yesterday, even Politico is saying, we're thinking landslide. We're thinking landslide outside of a few places in America where they're rigging the media, where the media is rigged from the day begins, from dawn until dusk. It's a rigged media. I don't think that you're hearing from a real America out there. I've never been polled. Jim has never been polled. Robert's never been polled. And I have been hearing that the Republicans who are polled often give the opposite answer to what they believe in order to, to throw the polls off to make the dims think that they're actually going to be eating a lot of dim sum uh, come November. No, I think they're going to be eating sawdust as far as I'm concerned. What was your takeaway from the interview with President Trump? Were you glad he finally addressed this audience? What news do you think he made? We broke down every answer for you. I'll take all of your calls on these or any other topics right here on the Savage Nation. Phone number is 855-407-282. Mayor of Olympia, Washington, Cheryl Selby, celebrates BLM protests, then calls them domestic terrorism when they vandalized her home with Black Lives Matter uh, paint all over her door. That she didn't like. Then it became terrorism. And when she called for the police, there weren't any. Michael Savage, a host like no other. I turn it off. Turn off this Debbie Reynolds. Who know what she was doing behind closed doors? What do I know? They make you believe the whole history of the country was upside. George Washington was making it with, with, with uh, Jefferson. You know, Abraham Lincoln was uh, doing. I, you know, the whole, they make you think everything was a fraud. Everything was fake. Nothing was ever real. So the country, in other words, defeated Hitler by, by uh, fake. They faked it. The boys who died at Normandy, that was fake to you. You back. I can't say certain things. I wish I could just let it go. Everything was fake, huh? All the battles of World War II were fake. It was all fake to those of you who live in the uh, netherworld of the internet because you live in a world that's not real. You hear knock down a statue, you don't know what you're even doing. You have no idea what you're doing. 
You go and loot stores and you think that it's social justice. That rotten, stinking mayor in New York who said nothing when you were looting and burning and beating up police, beating up innocent civilians. When the youths were rampaging in New York, beating people up and killing them, he looked the other way, that racist mayor of New York. A few innocent Jews, Orthodox Jews, open up a playground, he gets cracks down on them. And Mayor Me- and Governor Meatball the other day, up in Albany, hey, I'm going to close you down in Manhattan and the Hamptons if you don't listen to me. What is it? That doesn't play outside of New York. People don't like the Godfather, you know, act outside of New York. They hate it. That stereotype of the rugged, the rough Italian gangster thing. Who's telling him to play that game, Cuomo? It's not playing west of the Hudson. People see it for what it is, a stereotype. And an ugly one at that. I'd rather he imitated Leonardo da Vinci than Leonardo DiCaprio playing a tough role in a movie or whatever. Another one, him and De Niro. They must be good party uh, buddies, him and De Niro. I can just imagine them up in a restaurant together. <laughs> what an act that would be. Anyway, so here we are, living in a fake world that's very real to those of you who've been looted, burned, beaten up, whatever. And you're waiting for a trigger to set you in motion. I know that. People are calling and saying, well, I should take a call on that. Where's the uh, woman who's calling about that? Here it is. Nancy and San Fran Sicko, welcome to the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Hi, Michael. I wonder what act by the extreme left would finally make the silent majority rise up and squash these... these, these I don't know. You tell me what. I'm telling you, one platoon, a half a platoon of special ops sent into Seattle could clean out those rats in, in less than five minutes. And I mean without weapons, with their bare hands, they could take them down and, th- and, and, and tie them up in, uh, in, uh, in cords and take them out in a net. I don't know. So, they took over a part of a downtown and nothing happened in the country? I don't know. What do you think, what do you think it's going to take? Comrades in Seattle. Tell me what, what it's going to take to knock the comrades out of the box. Tell me. Uh, I think it, it relates to jobs, probably, saying no white people need apply. Well, they've already done it with affirmative action for, for 40 years now. They let a few slip by. Yeah, that's true. What am I thinking? And uh, no, you, you think it's going to be that it's going to come to that? They wouldn't be that stupid to, to try that nakedly. Uh, I think they, they do it. They do it through fake laws like illegal affirmative action laws, which are illegal, by the way. Is right. It's you, you cannot not hire people based on race and exclude, exclude people based on race. But they've been doing it for 50 years. Take a look at the universities. If you want to go any further, look into the police departments themselves. How many people were advanced because of their qualifications and into the captain and, and above in police departments? Right? Yep. All right. Well, look, you, you asked the, what, would, what, what act would make the silent majority finally erupt. What is going to be our trigger point is what you're saying. I don't know. I don't know. I've been thinking about it myself. Why is the right so passive? Now, you saw what happened in New Mexico when an armed group of, uh, of uh, militia tried to keep a, tach- a statue from knock- being knocked down. Did you see what went on? Are you there or gone already? Uh, I, I was thinking um, private property, uh, taking over private property might be... Uh, well, they took over at seven square blocks of Seattle. What's next? No, I mean private homes. Some people. Oh, you mean when, when occasional cortex says it's unfair for you to have a private house? She's an idiot. Well, as I said, we've gone from dim sum to summer dim in one generation. Thank you for the call. 855-407-282. 
I feel like playing music. I don't know. It's like Tuesday already. I don't like this book coming out on him from the, the niece, the nasty niece who didn't get any inheritance. Trump's niece to release unflattering memoir. I don't like it for a couple of reasons. She's obviously sour grapes. She's a loser. She didn't get any of the inheritance. Her father died young, Fred, the brother of uh, Mr. Donald Trump. So she's not as pretty as Melania. She's the outsider. She's the loser. So she's going to release this book. And of course, Andy Cooper is probably salivating at night. Can't waiting to come out and slam the president. All right, here we are. Here we are. Is there still any sports in America? As I say, I shaved off my COVID beard. I had one for 40 years and I didn't want it. I didn't want to look like a bum. That could, didn't, when I had a beard, it was a classy beard. I had it since I'm a young guy. But you know, I grew when I was 18 to look older because I was blessed with youth, looking young. So when I was young, I wanted to look a little more mature, so I grew a, a goatee. Then you get stuck with it. You get a look. You got to get a look. So now I speed the clock up, married children. One day, my daughter was eight years old. I sh- had shaved off my beard without telling anyone. And she came home and screamed. I think she wanted to call the police. She know who I was. So I grew it back. I started growing it back the next day. I never shaved it off ever again since last week. Then I took it off again now because I, you know, I don't need it anymore. You know, old guys with beards don't look that good. They look old. I'll tell you another thing that makes an older guy look horrible is the back of the hair. The Larry David thing. They think that they're suave with the long hair in the back. It's disgusting. It's just lazy. They're too cheap to get a haircut. There's nothing worse for an older man than that white hair in the back. They think it makes them look youthful and suave. It's horrible. It really is awful. Now, there's no barbers, so I had to shake. I had to cut the back. Do you ever trust like a prisoner? I'm trying to cut the back of my hair off myself with no mirror. I had to, Jim, I was doing it only looking at the front of the mirror so I could get the sides very well, but you can't get that last part in the middle down. So that's still there. I got to get that done later. I have I don't know. You get older things. But I cut the beard off. That I don't want to look like a COVID job. Poor Teddy. I feel so bad for him. He's 16 years old. He's blind, deaf. You know, he's with the other dogs. It's, it's kind of heartbreaking to watch an animal get old. I mean, because you see yourself in a way. And it's heartbreaking. I mean, we all do. They don't complain like us. We fetch day and night. From the time we're 30, oh, this hurts. Oh, that hurts. I don't feel good today. I'm indigestion, honey. What's this? And how's the hurt? You're going to be painting it. The dog doesn't say anything. They're so noble right to the end. That's why we love them. They're like our spirit guides. I felt so bad for him yesterday when our dog keeper, Irene, picked him up. She knows him since he's a puppy. I love her. So she takes care of all the dogs. So I don't know. It was such a sad moment for me. It was before the interview with Donald Trump. I went in the car as, as she picked him up to take him. And he was bewildered. She picks him up and holds him and puts him in the front seat. And all the young dogs go in the back. Dopey goes in the back. The two little hysterical mini poodles go in the back in a cage. They know where they are, you know. Teddy doesn't really know. She gets disoriented. So she puts him in the front seat. I come out and I lean down to hug him. And I, something came over me. And I kissed him on the head and I said, Teddy, honey, I know the world is getting darker and quieter. I'm sorry. I mean, I really... It was a bad moment for me. I couldn't sleep last night thinking about his. How does he see that? How does an animal who's, go, who's gone blind, largely, maybe, I don't know, he sees some light in one eye, can't hear, you can slam a pot like this. Teddy, Teddy. And they don't turn. Nothing. 
You could sit off a firecracker, he wouldn't hear you. It's, it's sad. How do they experience their life? Smell, smell, they still have smell. That's what it is. So the other dogs that he's with in the house, he follows them around. And although he had a testiclectomy uh, a few years ago, they cut the Schmendrick off. He had cancer when they took both. You know, he got a two-for-one job. But it didn't stop him. He still has what I call phantom testicles. Because when the little one, she's two pounds. But when she went into heat, he was already running after her up the steps. Blind as he was, he could see. That, he could, uh, that, that didn't stop him. As blind as he was. He has phantom testicles, Jim. So you see, it just shows you. I don't know. He's happy. He's not in pain. He's not in pain. Don't, don't get me wrong. Not in pain. That's the dividing line for me. Once they're in pain is another story. Dennis already you got to think of the needle and, and, the, and the, the next step. I don't want to go there. I did already too many times with the dogs. Tippy was in the garbage truck. That killed me. I didn't even understand. I was eight years old. They threw him in a garbage truck in New York. No, my first dog, Tippy, the one who bit me down to the bone in the left leg. I hated him anyway. He was a mad dog, that one. He was a part chow. He had a part purple tongue, like a splotched purple tongue. He was as big as a chow, red, red, red fur, and crazy, crazy. If people rang the bell, he went insane. I mean, like, frighteningly growled, like a growl that would go through your legs. My mother wasn't afraid of him. She'd hit him with a, like a broomstick and put him in the basement because you couldn't control him. She was like a, a, a wonderful woman, but you got to be like a dog handler to get him in the basement, like with a snake, like with a net and a stick. Then she put him in that little basement in the attached house and closed that flimsy door that they had in those days. And that dog would pound on the door and growl and bark. Now, one day he got out when we had Fat George over. Remember Fat George? from my stories fat george had a pair of uh he was a fat guy big guy big guy enormous calves like maybe 22 inch calves one of those guys think of one of the characters in the movie but strong guy you know kind of a street guy i won't go into details about the hotel he worked in what he probably did who knows i think i told the story but it was a sweet guy gave me my first catch as mitt sports fan yankee fan fat george so he was in the house I, somehow Tippy got out of the basement. You know, in those days, people would come over for coffee, cake. They'd sit around and actually have a conversation. No one had an iPhone every two minutes. They're tapping some stupid message to somebody. They actually conversed, the parents. And it was a nice reassurance for a kid to have adults around who were talking to each other. You felt like you're part of a tribe. It was a beautiful feeling. Immigrants have that today, probably. But anyway, so uh, maybe in Syria somewhere in a... I don't know. But anyway, we had it. So they come over. He sits down. The dog gets out. He immediately runs up to, to Fat George. And I don't know why he picked him. But he jumped on his uh, leg, on the calf, and started to, to give him uh, the job. Started to give him the, the, the business. I, no one knew, The women were screaming with laughter. George was shaking like old King Cole on that couch, laughing. He didn't get scared. Picture this mad dog. Big, strong, with a pair of strong hands on him. Pause. He could hold, wrap him around the leg, and he's giving him the business on the leg, on the pants. George is laughing. The women are screaming. My mother, again, had to get the broom. She had to get the broom and start giving Tippy the broom in the gut to get him back in the basement. Anyway, so Tippy died years later from the, the heart attack food he was fed. They gave him kennel ration. Imagine the garbage dog food that they fed then, like dead horse meat. They still do it was called kennel ration, I remember. Never any, 
anything, no scraps, no nothing, no vitamins they never heard of, nothing. So they gave him this food. He got a heart attack and dropped dead at eight. We come down and uh, it's a little attached house. I remember the carpets were like, you know, wall to wall. And the dogs are stiff on the rug. I hear my mother crying. She got really sad, you know, beautiful woman. And we don't know what to do. My father was at work already. I'm there. I didn't know what to do. What do you do with a dead dog when you're eight? Who knows in Queens at those days? She calls the uh, garbage. Uh, she calls the police. They call the New York uh, Sanitation Department, the garbage men. So two guys, the truck comes, you know, and those old, I don't know, the garbage trucks are the same. They haven't really changed much. The thing in the back goes around and around the trash. They come in very somber. They were like uh, from a funeral. They had the... F- I don't know how they did it, but they had like a funeral face on. They wore the brown garbage men suits. Today, they try to look like a sports star. Even a garbage man doesn't dress like a garbage man. Everyone had like a known uniform in those days. To make a long story short, they come in the brown, like with rough fabric, garbage men suits from the New York Sanitation Department. They come in the apartment, in, in the house, and they like, the hands are in front of their lap, like holding them like a funeral, a funeral. They had to look. Mm-hmm. And they nod. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Dead dog. Okay. All right, Bill. Yeah. And then he picked the dog up. One grabs the paws. One grabs the rear legs. And they march out. Mm-hmm. Down the little steps. I can remember to this day, the Utopia Parkway. The machine is turned on. Mm-hmm. And one, two, three. Bingo. They threw him into the garbage truck. That was the end of the first dog. I don't know. It's a different world today. I'll be right back. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. Robertson Gorsuch, I tweeted, should wear red, not black robes. That attracted a lot of uh, yes and likes and I love you. Then I just put up from dim sum to summer dim in one generation, thinking of uh, the wonderful mayors of the liberal cities and the governors who destroy their own economies. You know, they remind me of those who burn their own cities to the ground and then talk about racism. I, I love it. That's like the governors who destroy their own economies and say Donald Trump did it. From dim sum to summer dim in one generation. Maybe I'll title a podcast that today. Well, it's been a lot of fun being with you today in the Savage Nation. I normally am not on on Tuesdays, but I feel after yesterday's interview with uh, President Trump, I should come in today and replace some of it, talk about it, see what you thought about it. I will tell you, I was so excited the day of the interview, which was yesterday, that I woke up like a child on Christmas morning to open a new train set. That's how I felt yesterday morning. And at night, I slept like a baby. I woke up at three in the morning, truthfully. I couldn't sleep a whole night through. I don't know what it was. I got so amped up from the interview and hoping for America's survival that I was up at three in the morning and I was working on my new book, Our Fight for America, The War Continues, which I've been working on, by the way, for over a year now. I haven't talked much about it. It'll be out, I don't know when, October, I think, October from the same great publisher who has given me the last six bestsellers. And really it's aimed at you. So you have a battle plan to go into that election with. And I hope that we win this time. Otherwise, I don't know where we're going to go with our loaded guns. Where are we going to go when they try to take away our guns? If that hologram called Biden should, God forbid, steal the election. Westwood One Podcast Network.